This is Michael Popak, Legal AF, Mark Meadows, trying to get out of the vice-like grip of the Georgia prosecutor and the criminal case in Georgia against him, where he's not going to get a plea deal. And he's going to trial, has been trying to get to federal court for many, many months now. And now it's coming to a head at the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals sitting in Georgia, we just got the three-judge panel that's been assigned randomly to the case, and it's not great for Mark Meadows, but it's a great day for justice. Let me tell you what's going on. I'll tell you about the three judges that have been assigned to the case, oral argument on the 15th of December, and then a ruling a month or two after that. What's the issue that's up on appeal? Was Mark Meadows operating within the color of his federal office as a White House chief of staff when, as the indictment alleges, he interfered with the Georgia election, uh, not only uh, on the phone when he made the phone call and arranged the phone call with Donald Trump in to call the secretary of state of Georgia the most perfect phone call in which they ask uh, the Secretary of State to go find 11,758 votes, but Mark Meadows going to different places in Georgia, trying to convince state house members and election officials and members of the Georgia Bureau of Investigation to let him interfere and try to find votes for Donald Trump, throw out absentee ballots, get involved with election fraud, all on the dirty hands of Mark Meadows. And the question is, all of the things that's been alleged against him in the indictment, are they within the outer boundaries of the color of his office or are they just crimes for which he was not operating wearing that hat as a chief of staff? I mean, chief of staff has a job description. The problem is Mark Meadows doesn't know what the job description is as he testified before a federal judge because he's trying to get the case out of state court and state prosecution and get the case tried across the street in the Northern District of Georgia, Atlanta Division Federal Court. He doesn't lose the prosecutor. Fawny Willis comes along for the ride. All the evidence comes along for the ride. All the witnesses come along for the ride and the indictment comes along for the ride. All that Mark Meadows would accomplish is that the case would be tried in front of a federal judge, in this case, Stephen Jones, who's an Obama appointee, and he could file motion practice, trying to use, you know, federal supremacy clause, constitutional arguments that may not be, uh, in his view, properly considered by Judge Scott McAfee, who is a Republican young judge that's been appointed to the case on the state side. So he wants to get out of the state court system and get over to the federal court system. Everything else remains the same. As I said, indictment, witness, evidence, prosecutor, lawyers involved. It's just that he'd have Judge Jones instead of Judge McAfee to make his arguments in front of. And if that if they don't prevail, he'd have the federal appellate route to take 11th Circuit first stop on the train and maybe the Supreme Court if they decide to take it. Now, that's where we are. What happened? What's the new news, Popak? Get to it on this hot take. The new news is we finally have, after the briefs have already been filed, because Judge Jones, the trial court judge, after a full hearing in which Mark Meadows decided to testify, even though a lot of that testimony could be used against him and will be used against him as a waiver of his Fifth Amendment privilege, he testified about all of his functions and functionality and things that he did related to Donald Trump and Georgia. And, but the problem is he couldn't answer basic questions about what are the limits of your job? What is your job description? And so the judge, after hearing that and oral argument by his lawyers, concluded 
that he's not entitled to federal officer removal to take the case from state to federal court, right? There's a provision in the removal statute. You Cases filed in state court, civil or criminally, may under certain circumstances, limited circumstances, be brought over to federal court if the person seeking the removal, we call it removal because you're removing it from state to federal court, has the right to do it, has the grounds to do it. And yes, a federal officer doing his job or her job within the color of the scope of their authority who gets sued, that case likely can go over to federal court. Donald Trump tried this. He didn't like the fact that the Stormy Daniels hush money case, uh, the business fraud case in New York, was being tried in state court in front of Judge Mershon. So he tried to take it over the summer, you may remember, by removal to federal court and ended up with Judge Hellerstein, a senior status judge in New York. That judge did the same analysis that Stephen Jones did. Donald Trump didn't testify, but his general counsel testified. And there the judge concluded having an affair and trying to cover it up is not within the scope and duties of your presidential authority as a federal officer. So no, you're going back to state court. And that ended there. Donald Trump didn't even try to appeal. Now we have a similar thing. Mark Meadows having taken the stand, Judge Stephen Jones having ruled against him, up on appeal, appeal full briefing. Full briefing means three sets of briefs before the 11th Circuit. One, the opening or initial brief by Mark Meadows saying Judge Jones was wrong. I'm a federal officer within the course and scope of my duties. Everything in the indictment can be neatly fitted within my duties and I get to try the case in federal court. Of course, the Fulton County DA's office filed their, their the brief in the middle, which is the uh, opposition brief. And then there's a reply brief at the end by Mark Meadows. The movement for something, the, the person seeking the appeal gets two briefs and the other party gets one brief and then you get oral argument. Generally get oral argument. You don't have to, but you get oral argument. And they're holding the oral argument on December 15th. Now, a random selection uh, picks who the three judges are going to be. I know it doesn't seem like random selection. And when I describe some of the people involved, you might think mm, that doesn't seem very random, but it was random selection. Good health starts with good habits. Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need to care for your mouth. This is exactly why Quip's water flosser is so essential. The Quip water flosser hits all the right spots with gentle or deep clean pressure at the touch of a button. It has an extra wide lid that fits right under the faucet and fills up in seconds. The cordless rechargeable battery lasts up to eight weeks with daily use, which means no bulky charging dock or tangled cords. The Quip water flosser blasts away up to 99% of plaque and popcorn from treated areas with precision, thanks to the 360 degree rotating magnetic floss tip that snaps into place easy to control water flow and leaves you feeling squeaky clean. The design is sleek and slim enough to keep your countertops as clean as your teeth and it only costs seven bucks for replacement floss tips which are shipped to you every three months to keep things flowing smoothly and prevent mineral deposits from building up. And so you know, the Quip water flosser isn't all Quip has to offer. The electric toothbrush has timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute clean. And Quip's mint and gum prevents cavities and freshens breath when chewed for 20 minutes after eating. 
I truly have Quip to thank for my entire dental care routine, and I don't know where I'd be without them. If you go to getquip.com slash legalaf right now, you'll get 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, or water flosser. That's 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, or water flosser at getquip.com slash legalaf, spelled G-E-T, Q-U-I-P dot com slash Legal AF. Quip, the good habits company. The three judges that have now been picked are Chief Judge William Pryor, Judge Robin Rosenbaum, and Judge Abadu. I'm going to tell you about each of the three of them and why this is not a great draw for Mark Meadows. First of all, Judge William Pryor, although he was appointed by Bush, is not considered MAGA or a Trump lover. In fact, he and Judge Rosenbaum, who came out of Florida, she used to be in the same court uh, division as Judge Aileen Cannon handling the Mar-a-Lago case. Um, those two judges, Pryor and Rosenbaum, were on uh, different appellate panels that uh, slapped back Judge Cannon when she tried to interfere before indictment with the criminal prosecution of Donald Trump. There were two different appeals that came out of the 11th Circuit, Donald Trump lost twice. One appellate panel randomly selected had Robin Rosenbaum on it, and one of them had William Pryor on it. So they are very well steeped on what happened on Jan 6th and what happens with Donald Trump. And then the last judge is Judge Abadu, who's a Biden appointee. She was a very, not for us on the Midas Touch Network, but for the Republicans, was a very controversial pick. First of all, she never was a judge before she became a, an appellate judge. And that's okay. We have judges on the U.S. Supreme Court that were never judges before. Judge uh, Justice Kagan, uh, Alina Kagan, was never a trial judge. She was a solicitor general. She argued cases in front of the, uh, the Supreme Court. But she was never a lower level trial judge. And neither was Judge Abadu. Judge Abadu, whose family's originally from Ghana, was a uh, did a lot of public interest work. She worked at an old law firm of mine, Skadden Arps, did a great job there. And then she devoted her career to public, the public sector and public interest law. And she was a, one of the leaders and a deputy legal director of the Southern Poverty Law Center. The Southern Poverty Law Center is one of those organizations, democratic, progressive, uh, deals with First Amendment rights, that also monitors the conduct of people that are in the House and the Senate and identifies those that are racists. And they didn't like the fact that she worked at the Southern Poverty Law Center, which goes after extremists, uh, files lawsuits against the KKK and the John Birch Society and Proud Boys and Oath Keepers and that type of thing. That was her background. That's how she got on the 11th Circuit. So you've got Pryor, who's Bush but not MAGA. You got Robin Rosenbaum, who's Obama appointed and came out of the Southern District. And you got Abadu, who's just barely got out of confirmation process. You know, uh, Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, had to use all sorts of things at his disposal to get her vote out and get her appointed. She just got on the bench on the 11th Circuit. That's what Mark Meadows and his lawyers, uh, Mr. Terwilliger, is going to have to argue in front of on the 15th. Now, that oral argument is going to be recorded and we'll be able to tune into it live, report on it live about the results. Let me give you my prediction here as a lead analyst, one of the analyst anchors on Legal AF on the Midas Touch Network. Mark Meadows is going to lose. The precedent that's already been established and the law, including that of the one related to Donald Trump and other cases that can be cited, 
are going to find that Mark Meadows was well outside even the outer boundaries of his own uh, duties as a White House chief of staff when he was helping uh, uh, Donald Trump not do his official duties as president, but as campaigner Donald Trump. I want to stay in office Donald Trump, right? Presidential candidate Donald Trump. That's who he was assisting at any given moment during the indictment allegations, not President Trump as chief of staff and and um, and uh, gatekeeper. And so once you make that distinction, then all the case law falls into place. You're outside the protection. You're, you're outside of being a federal officer. You don't get federal officer removal entitlement to take the case and have your case tried in state instead of in federal instead of state court. And also because he's he wasn't he was not, when he was indicted, the chief of staff. And that's an argument, I'm sure, even though it wasn't fully briefed with Judge Jones, will come up with a full briefing before the 11th Circuit, which is, who cares? The guy was a former, uh, just like the former president, this was former chief of staff. And the public policy considerations and constitutional considerations don't really apply when the guy no longer holds the job. He doesn't get the benefit of federal officer removal, the argument goes, because he wasn't a federal officer at the time the indictment came down. And, and at the end of the day, how is he prejudiced? He's going to go through one of two criminal court systems. He's already in the state court system. The indictment doesn't change. The witnesses don't change. The prosecutor doesn't change. Just the courthouse and the appellate process. And that's what he wants. He wants to try to find a way to gum up the works, throw sand in the gears, get the case over to the Supremes and have them make a decision on his favor. But they're not just worried about Mark Meadows or Donald Trump. They're worried about the next Mark Meadows and the next Donald Trump. That's why we are a, a nation of laws and precedent. And so my prediction is he's going to lose at the 11th Circuit, regardless of the panel, but certainly with this panel. And then he's done, right? That that He's dead in the water unless the Supreme Court uh, decides to take his case, which I doubt that they're going to take that case. And if they take that case, that they're going to decide it in time, they're going to just let him continue to be prosecuted in Georgia, which looks like it could be as early as a summer trial against Mark Meadows. I'll do another hot take about why Mark Meadows is, is in such serious trouble in the Georgia prosecution, regardless of the courthouse and appellate system, in another hot take. But for now, I'm reporting on this issue, new panel, two of which know the Trump world really, really well from prior briefing. And this is not a good panel selection for Mark Meadows or his lawyer. We'll continue to follow. We'll update you after we hear the oral argument on the 15th of December. Decision should come out, you know, within a month or six weeks after that, because they're sort of on a fast track here, given how fast the Georgia prosecution is moving and we'll follow it on Legal AF, that leading podcast at the intersection of law, politics, and justice. One place on the Midas Touch Network. Help them get to 2 million by Jan 1. 2 million free subscribers right here. You're enjoying this content? Keep it going. Keep the network going. It's no outside investors. You are the reason that we're on the air. Leave me a comment. Give me a thumbs up. Helps with the ratings. Helps keep my content coming to you uh, like this one. So until my next hot take, until my next Legal AF, Wednesdays and Saturdays, 8 p.m., Midas Touch Network, this is Michael Popak reporting. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.